Welcome to The Morning Crew, a grief podcast hosted by three gals in their mid-20s. Here, talking about grief is completely normal and a part of our everyday life. So grab a cup of coffee or a drink. Grief conversations can actually be that casual. So let's talk about it. Welcome back, everybody. Um, so excited to be back for our last episode of the year, which is crazy to think about. And also, I noticed that this is episode 19, which really bothered me that we were ending on an odd number and not an even number. But if you count, I think, I wonder if you can count like our trailer, like intro, oh. if then it becomes 20. Because I think with that, we would be at 20. Then we'd be at 20 things we produced out into the universe publicly. But that's a good thought. That 20 is such a clean number. I know. It's too bad we didn't think of that. But I think the trailer's our loophole. But also think about how cool that is that we've done like 19 episodes. I know. And and not even a full year. Not even a full year. Exactly. Exactly. Because we started in March. So it's pretty amazing. I am super thankful for that. And even we have some like stats too that we can post on our social later to wrap up the year for sure. But I also wanted to catch up on just kind of the last two weeks. I think it's so funny. Kelsey kind of mentioned this in our group chat. Like for three random people that met online, we've had so many random celebrity like and talent appearances. Like, first of all, in the last two weeks, I took a selfie with Snoop Dogg. Kelsey was posted by Buster Posey, who is a huge Giants player, but also was in the same room as Michelle Obama. And Mads was on Good Morning America. So I would just like to say (laughs) that is a pretty crazy resume for the last two weeks. Just in the last two weeks. Yeah. If you break out even the year, it's even crazier. But we all have had really random cool luck around celebrities lately. And I'm very proud of us. It's really fun. It makes the group chat very fun. Yeah. I'm super into it. Um, That is, that's, I didn't even realize that all of the events that had happened in the past a little bit. And then we could go back even further to, you know, BravoCon and, um, Whenever I was on the summer, I turned pretty and that kind of stuff. But that is wild. How cool. I know. So first of all, big congrats to Kelsey for pushing out her project and for getting all the recognition that it deserved. Yay. Um, I'm so happy for you that it's over also, too, because I know a lot of hard work, sweat, and tears, like you said, went into that. So very proud. It's a really good piece. Um, I think... It's on your Instagram feed, your personal Instagram feed, so people can check it out there. And my dad thinks you're really cool too, so you got some uh, street cred there with uh, my dad. Oh, someone in the industry. Okay, between Mad's dad and the industry and Kathy, a diehard Dodger fan, resharing this video. Those are some of the like biggest and best reviews and feedback I ever could ask for. That is very nice. Thank you so much. Worlds collide. Talk about the projects on one of my other favorite projects of all time. But it was very fun to work on. It was definitely, yeah, the longest I've ever spent working on a video. Poured so much into it and really got to lead from start to finish and the strategy of it. So it's just wonderful. It's out in the world now. And it's great to hear how people like feel about it and what stands out to them. And for people who were at the game. It's been really fun. So thank you guys for the support. 
Of course. And then Mads, you can give us a little bit of insight into your Good Morning America appearance. Really? Nothing about Snoop Dogg, Kath? You know I want to talk about him any chance that I can. Oh, oh, my Snoop Dogg thing is he came to my holiday party. He couldn't even rap one line, but then he took some selfies. And that's pretty much the end of that (laughs) story. (laughs) Very, very casual. Yeah. Yes. Very casual. Well, um, so I was on Good Morning America. Was it last week, I think? Um, I was I was at work and I got a text that's from one of my people at my um, cycling class and instructors and they said, hey, can you come to class tomorrow at 930? Good Morning America is coming. And I was like, what? And like, yeah, Good Morning America is coming. Like I'm trying to like, we're trying to get, you know, people that will come and be on. So I was like, okay, sure. So I tell my bosses, I'm like, I'm going to be in late tomorrow. And then (laughs) I look online and I look at my email and they booked me in spot five, which is like in the front. And I knew exactly what it was. And I was like, oh no, I'm going to be like right front and center. So I was really excited. And then of course, next to me on bike six is another like beautiful, like stunning cycle instructor friend who does this for her job. So I'm next to like who is like Miss America of the cycling and like fitness community. And of course, I'm sitting next to her. And then we're wearing the exact same outfit. We're wearing black, um, a black top, black leggings, and a black recess hat with our socks for Bevin's husband, Will. So we go. I go to the, um, they call it the playground where all of our bikes are. And they have lighting set up, tent starts to fill up. And then my um, cycling instructor had a um, Good Morning America mic on. So it was funny because she couldn't swear. Um, and then afterwards I just left and went to work. It was really cool. There was cameras everywhere and they, and the crew ended up going to, um, Bevan's house, the owner of the cycle studio who we've talked about, who lost her husband this past summer. Um, and they filmed her on camera for the first time speaking about her grief journey and kind of, um, you know, what happened. And it was the first time since July that anyone has really heard her take on it. She hasn't posted on Instagram. She hasn't spoken about it um, publicly, which is, you know, great. Um, and I'm, I'm so proud of how she did speak about it. But it was something that felt really cool to be a part of, even if it was just because they were like, oh, we know Maddie's reliable and she'll come sit on the bike. Um, it was really cool to be there. And it was really cool to have seen not only seen the piece and seen the, how the community really like places together and how we've pieced together for each other. But then to see Bevan um, kind of recognize that and also be able to tell her story so eloquently. Um, It was really an amazing thing. Um, It was, yeah, it was just very, it was a very cool thing to be a part of. And and it was also cool because I ended up making it in the scene. Um, They took a bunch of footage. We did a whole cycle class and they only used a little bit and I was in it doing push-ups. So so my first time in national television, I'm doing push-ups on a bike. So I'm just saying, whoever saw me like not be able to run in gym class should go and see me do push-ups on a bike now on Good Morning America. <laughs> yes, badass, killing it. And I love that you're front and center and that your shot got included. And it also just feels serendipitous that it just is a grief story. And for anyone listening who doesn't know, the really short version of it is Bevan um, was on One Tree Hill. So she she's a celebrity, not like crazy big, but a big enough celebrity. 
and her husband got struck by lightning on a boat in the summer and passed away, obviously, very suddenly. And it was very public at the time. Mads was close to it, being that it was in her state where she lives in the cycling studio. And we did talk about it. We'll have to maybe link what episode that was where we talked about it back during the summer. But just of like any reason to be in a story, it just feels a little serendipitous that it is a grief story. Um, and one where I don't know, Mads, your thoughts on the interview and how she approached talking about it. Were there any big things that stood out to you since that's obviously very relevant to our audience? Yeah, definitely. So she did also did a podcast episode um, with a local podcast in town, and we can link that as well. I sent that to the girls before I knew we were doing Good Morning America. And in the whole podcast, it's about an hour long, and she says a lot of stuff. And she talks about um, – one thing I really took away was that there was this like self-talk she gives herself, and um, she says – when something like this happens to you, you either have a choice. You stay on this earth or you don't. And the latter was not an option for me. Um, and I see Kathy nodding, I know, because I know that we've, we both um, – I sent it to them and the girls watched it. And I know that that was something that had really spoken to me. Um, and it's interesting because I went back since this happened, this recording happened, and I listened to what I had said when Will passed away for the first time. And um, it was really interesting because I kept talking about how – it's so weird to see like your the strong people in your life, like the people who are the perfect. Like I even made a joke about Samantha, the other instructor who was sitting next to me, um, and you make these jokes about it. And no one, I mean, she's been great, and I've seen her, but we haven't. No, I, no, I haven't heard her talk about it. I didn't know how she was doing, and it's one of those things as we spoke about that. Like I'm a third, fourth level like a friend or whatever, and so I've talked to all the other people in the community, but like no one has actually heard her speak. Um, and so it was really cool to not only just get that temperature check, but like be able to see how like the strong person it can, is still the strong person in that. Um, just overall, it's she is an incredible person, and I know that from the day I met her. Um, but I am so proud and how eloquently spoken she was. My mom texted me and was like, "I see why you're so obsessed with this place," and um, it was really cool to have my whole kind of side community of my family be able to finally kind of see someone talk about it and see kind of because it's you know I'm going and saying all these things and my dad's like okay yeah Mads we watched her on tv like whatever but it was cool to not only be a part of it on screen but be a part of it as it was happening and be able to as you said Kels kind of tie it all together that was a great question yeah I feel like um and I listened to that podcast episode again we can link it it's just very inspiring to see somebody speak like that six months after like she just so poised how she's talking about it which I mean maybe some of that is from like camera training and her being an actress but I just think like in general talking about grief like it's incredible to me how she's speaking about that and I mean again it's also kudos to Kelsey too on our podcast who has spoken out like just so recently after her loss too I, it made me think of that as well um and I do think like I think when it's a such shock and that shock value factor like that, I guess for at least Kelsey and I, we like had some time to kind of digest what was happening. And so I think that shock factor adds another layer to it of how difficult it might be to talk about. Um, and it was even difficult to listen to a little bit too. Um, and even as somebody who has podcasts that talks about grief, um, but I think it was like important as well to hear how others speak about it, 
um, what are the things that, you know, can be maybe a little bit triggering or not um, for for her during that those interviews or even as a listener too. So I just thought it was like a really it was also like eye opening and informative for me. Yeah, um, I think that's kind of the uh, one of my favorite takeaways from it is that it was kind of eye opening. Like I had said, these people who don't know her. Um, and thank you both for like listening to it and talking to me as I was figuring all this out. I know as soon as I figured all of it out that I was doing, I was texting you guys. Um, but there was one thing I did want to to say just in case somebody doesn't go back and look at um, listen to the, the interviews or see what she had said. Um, I knew that um, Will was with her father when it had happened. And one thing that she took away, which I think could be kind of the scariest part about grief is that we all know and or death is that we all know it's going to happen. And um, when Will, when the storm had come, Bevan and them had gotten out of there and they're waiting to, you know, on Seatoe to come help them with the boat. And Will had literally lit a cigar and looked at Bevan's dad and said, well, Mike, if lightning were to strike us or if the storm were to come in, like, I'd be, I'm pretty damn happy being where we're at. And then it happened. And she kind of talks about this divinity of how she feels like it was just supposed to happen, not as terrible as that is, but like they always talk about, and in his obituary, it said he was like, you know, struck down by Zeus himself because that's only at someone some that with that magic could, how they could go. And so it was just really sweet to see how she can have already accepted it and, or not accepted it, but spoken a little bit about how she realizes that the purpose is bigger and shining through that um i think that we all kind of knew and i kind of thought and i know i talked to you guys about i was like this is something that either breaks somebody completely or like makes them stronger and i didn't know what it was going to be for a while although i assumed it would be stronger because she's amazing but the fact that she even was able to notice the divinity and the fact that like all of this had happened and there was a big number um three was the number three kept showing up in his age and the date and the time and all of the things and so she really just spoke out about how she thought it was bigger than her and i think that that's something that is so huge to do especially early on in grieving because I feel like I still don't have I still struggle with that sometimes um and I also noticed it was really sweet she had a a second piercing in her ear and it had a lightning bolt stud earring in it which I thought was kind of powerful I'm sure I don't know that it was um purposeful but I can't imagine it wasn't I feel like that is going on the offense with grief (laughs) like being like no I'm not gonna let you have the power like to taint like, I, I'm not going to let lightning or that image of lightning be, like, so harmful to me and triggering for me. Instead, I'm going to take it as a reminder of him. Well, yeah, that was very powerful of, like, to just own the thing that could be, yeah, one of the most triggering, hard to think about items in your life. And to just, like, wear it and own it is very powerful. But, no, thank you, Mads, for talking about it and it just, like, would be an interesting story for us to talk about anyway. And it's just like a weird bonus layer that you are like integrated in that community. Yeah. um, It's interesting because one thing I've been thinking about lately, which will also lead us into our episode topic is I made a note on Thanksgiving to text her in the morning or message her and reach out and just say, Hey, like, just so you know, I'm thinking of you. I know that like this, I didn't, I didn't say it. It was a way to say it, but wasn't saying it. And I was just like, Hey, just thinking of you extra today. Like, on the lines of it was her first holiday without saying it. And she had responded pretty quickly. was like, yeah, thank you. Like love to you. And so it was nice that she was like at least seen it and was able to like, I'm sure that she had the love of outpouring as we talk about the community that showed up, but it was one thing I've been thinking about extra. Um, and I know that our holiday or our topic this week is tying into the holidays because we're right in the middle of it. So um, Kelsey, do you want to lead us into uh, our, our topic? 
Yeah. So yeah, we are kind of bunching together, you know, Christmas, Hanukkah, whatever you celebrate, a new year, which can also weirdly be triggering, I think, in the world of loss and grief. So um, just using this as a space for all of us to kind of share maybe tactics that we've used or things that have been hard. Obviously, I this is only my second round of holidays, so I can only speak to, you know, my one year of experience and going into it. But I think there's so much um, with tradition and with holidays tied to grief. Um, I remember my first holidays last year, like especially Christmas. And, you know, we spend Christmas with all of my mom's side of the family. Um, it's just, it's so glaring, like especially the first one. And it's like all the traditions that come through, all of the people were around, all the memories, all the moments. And that's part of the larger discussion of the first year. Um, but something that's been sticking with me this year as we're approaching the holidays is I think it was the Skims Instagram page randomly posted something that was like, when you're old enough to realize that most of the magic in your life from the holidays were from women in your family, not to slight men, but just like women end up by and large carrying a lot of the load of doing, you know, traditionally, like at least with my mom, like she did all the gift shopping, she would decorate the inside of the house, she would, you know, do the shopping, and she was, you know, Santa Claus, and you know, she did all the thoughtful, all the everything. And like reading that post stuck with me of like, you know, the <laughs> depressing to say, but like a lot of that magic is gone, you know, with her not being here and not to say other people in my life don't bring wonderful Christmas spirit, but it's just not the same. Um, and it also brought up for me because as now there's this hole to fill, it's like, okay, the shopping still needs to happen. Like some decorating still needs to happen, the cooking, the organizing, and I, and my sister too, but like we've been having to fill in to do a lot of those things. And in a weird way, I feel closer to her because I'm understanding what she did for us in a small way. And I know I'll understand it in like a 10 million degree when I have kids of my own one day. But like, I'm remembering how she would be kind of stressed and you know, going to Target and then going and cooking and she'd, you know, buy your sweater and getting ready and kind of being like, oh my gosh, mom, but it's like such a great time of year. Like, don't be stressed. And it's like, well, it's a great time of year because she made it a great time of year. And now like I've been, you know, in various forms and preparing, you know, like running around and doing all the things. And I want, I, like, I feel connected with her. So I'm like, oh, I get it now. Like I get what she was doing and I get why she was flustered and that she did also love this time of year and it was very special, but it was a lot of work. And I'm just like, it, and then that, and this is like kind of a rant, but that also brought up for me, I'm like, the older I get, the more I'm going to understand her. And that's going to be like such a double-edged sword because the more I'm going to experience things that she experienced, but then I'm not going to be able to like physically talk to her about it or connect with her about it or make that connection. And you know, we talk about milestones, like I've said before, like obviously the obvious ones like marriage and kids, like those will be really big ones. But even something is like approaching Christmas planning is now like filling in for it and trying to obviously can never replace her, but to take on some of the responsibilities and all the magic she brought and like wanting to carry that on. So more complex than maybe the average non-griever, 
would think. I don't know if that resonates for any of you. I know that is also very like female specific, but yeah, those things have been coming up for sure. I think that, um, well, first of all, thank you for sharing. <laughs> um, cause I feel like it's always want to thank everybody for sharing. Um, but I think that that's super vulnerable and honest. I definitely can see how all of those things tie into you feeling connected, more connected to her. Um, I, I will say from my perspective, I think it's a little bit different. It's actually the opposite in a, in a lot of ways. Um, uh, I had the male role of my house like pass away. And so I feel like it's the, again, once again, and I've talked about this before, stereotypical male tasks that are the ones where I feel like bogged down by of like I just wish that like he was here or there was a man of the house I guess that could like help us with this and that's pretty like honest too um like I think the other day just putting the tree together and we were screw driving or like screwing in these like um screws to hold it steady and my mom said something like we need a man to do this and I was just like that's so like why would you say something like that and it just kind of really rubbed me the wrong way but like I also understand where she's coming from too like she's frustrated too of just like it would just be nice if like there was somebody that could do it and not to like fault anybody or like put blame or like whatever, like on her, like put pressure on her for like finding somebody or whatever. But it's just those things that I think um, this season brings up as well, just like I did with like the car thing and all of those things where I just wanted somebody to kind of like help step in and take uh, like just take the lead on everything. It, the same applies towards like Christmas season, putting up the lights on the house or just like putting things together. It's just a reminder of all of that. All these things that made Christmas happy or magical, you said, made Christmas magical. It's interesting because I feel like my dad was actually that person for us. Um, and you, oh, now I remember you mentioned like feeling like you want to talk about things with her now that you're going through and experiencing them. And I feel like that's kind of the sentiment I've had my whole life is like I've approached all of these things and I want to talk to you about them. And I can, you can talk to them about them, but I want to hear your actual response back of like what you would have to say. And I think that that is like really frustrating sometimes of like, I just would like want to know what you would say in this moment. Um, For us, something I do want to touch on is that after he passed, I feel like a lot of stuff changed in terms of we were no longer the family hosting Christmas. And so to grieve that in itself was also something that was really different and hard, especially as a child. And like decorations kind of stopped for a long period of time. It didn't take until my adult life, like after college, that I started to realize like if I wanted that magic, I was going to be the one to bring it into the household, um, at least in my household. And so I think just taking, again, like ownership when when you're ready or if you're ready and realizing like you can be the one to bring it do it because it's important to you if that's what you want. Um, but I know that people obviously like 
don't want to host and don't want and just want to sit back and be invited to all the things. And you can also play that role too. So I think it's just like, I don't know, it's interesting kind of figuring out your role, especially um, when you've had a loss. Definitely. And thank you guys both for sharing. I actually took was taking notes on things I want to ask about later because I feel like you brought up a couple of good points about, you know, what you think and you watch these you wish you could have these conversations with with those people, um, which I find really interesting and we could probably delve into that um a whole bunch. But one thing since we're in the um market of being honest today. Um, It's semi-loss related, but I feel like this has just been a very long year, as you guys all know. Um, I've briefly kind of mentioned at it. And this year, like the holidays just haven't felt like the holidays. And um, I was in therapy last week and uh, or two weeks ago and I had said something about it and she was like the holidays don't have to be happy like you can just like do what you need to do to to have them and to get through it and I'm like yeah okay got it and so I did that and on Thanksgiving I actually didn't decided not to go to be with any of my family who we might have to talk about or who knows the things that I've been struggling with and I could just go and so I went with my friend Grace and I think we mentioned that when we were doing our Thanksgiving recap but the whole kind of thing was there is that she was like it's okay to if you're dealing with a loss or a mental health situation or anything you have going on like it's okay to set a boundary and so like this whole thing of like the holidays doesn't have to be like the holidays, like the decorating and stuff is something that I learned when I moved in by myself is like similar to like what Kelsey said, not as like a loss of my mother, but be being on my own is like, this is not, I, I don't have cookies and lights that are just on my house. Like I don't have all, it's not just like Christmas all of a sudden. Um, and so this year I was like, screw it. Like I have nothing up for the holidays at all. I'm not, I'm not doing gifts with my family. Like it's just straight up like not really Christmas, which is fine. And that part of it is okay too. So if anyone is listening and is having a hard time finding the magic or not feeling like this kind of societal pressure that not only I'm sure you guys have both felt in your grief journey, but just as a whole with with what you're supposed to be, fe- what you're supposed to quote unquote be feeling this season. Um, I feel like it's, I wanted to make sure I acknowledge that like, it's also okay to just ignore it. Like it doesn't have to be this big deal that it's, it's in our faces everywhere at Starbucks, on the radio, like anywhere you go, you're, it's Christmas. And so um, it's okay if you're not happy, like the way everybody else seems to be, because there's a lot of other stuff going on too. So um, that's just something I wanted to note on it. Something that I've found and felt pretty um, strongly for the first time in my adult life with like just the kind of losses that we've had this year, um, both um, passed away and, and not. Um, but I found it very interesting that this is just like not necessarily a holiday season for me, which is okay too. Um, but that being said, I am going home for um, the holidays and I got my stepmom and my dad both gifts that have to do with kind of their losses that they've had. And I thought I was um, potentially thinking of using it as an opportunity to talk about the podcast with them. Um, but I'm framing up my dad's uh, or my papa's jersey for my dad that my grandma had given me after he passed away. And then um, my stepmom lost her brother a couple years ago. And so I'm friends with her mom. And so her mom had sent me a recipe handwritten by her brother and I got it made into a cutting board for his wife. Um, and so I'm kind of having these like griefish um nice thoughtful gifts to kind of have this conversation and also thank them for helping me with like my therapy and my mental health journey um but i've been kind of having this little morning crew like bubble in the back of my head as i've been kind of planning out how we're gonna do do christmas this year so i will report back if i don't chicken out (laughs) 
No, that's amazing, Mads. And what thoughtful gift ideas before I say anything else. My goodness, that's good inspo for also anyone listening. And like, I know maybe that's something people have thought of, especially if a loss is fresh. But I like in your cases, they're within a few years, but not like really, really fresh. But to still honor that person, I think is really powerful because as we've said, like, you know, you get all the calls and texts within those first couple months. And then a lot of times they go away and you wonder if people still think about it or, you know, or they get scared to talk about it or bring it up. But by you making those really thoughtful presents that honor the person that they lost, I think is really cool. And I think that's something that while maybe like we say, if you're like five layers removed from someone, maybe that feels a little funny, but if you're in their inner circle um, and that's something that lands, like, I think that's, really sweet. Um, so I wanted to comment on that and maybe we can think of two like other little mementos or things that like would be good gift ideas in your immediate inner circle. Maybe we can come back to that. But I also just wanted to comment on the kind of having no expectations going into the holidays and not making yourself feel like you have to feel a certain way. It's almost like the reverse of how I think on the Father's Day episode when we were talking with Kathy about how she feels like she has to be sad on Father's Day or God forbid, or she used to feel that way. And now she understands like it's just another day. And I think when you're a kid, especially it's like Christmas in many households or Hanukkah or whatever you celebrate is so happy and pure. And even as you get older, like there's so much, but like the more you live life or the more you deal with loss or hardships or illnesses and everything like the holidays don't have to be this big. You're happy and drunk and high on sugar for days and you have a big smile on your face. And like, that's not how life is. And it's just a good thing to remember that, you know, there's, if you're grieving, there's probably going to be a lot of the holidays that stings or is sticky, or, you know, you already have these little like hole punched holes in your piece of paper and light is like shining through them extra amplified because they're milestones. I mean, we can get into new year's too, but just like marking a new year on the calendar and just like adding another year where the person is not there. I remember feeling that at new year's and I think that comes up. Um, but holidays are just like usually pretty intimate family traditions. And at least in my family, traditions are really big. And so the holes are more glaring. But also if you do feel happy on the holidays and you are able to find magic or you do have a really nice moment with your family or you find a way to honor the person that you lost, you should not feel guilty enjoying that also. Like I think it goes both ways. Like no matter what you want to lean into or the ebbs and the flows, maybe one day is really hard, but one day is really nice. Like it's just to like have, you know, grace for yourself and let yourself feel what you need to feel. And I know for me, one thing I may be inspired by our offense episode is finding a way to take a little bit, you know, play more offense around the holidays and maybe call out honoring something for my mom with the larger family, which I, I verbal have not verbalized before. So I'll report back in the new year how that goes, but I want to do something, I think, to call it out better. Yeah, I think like some ideas around that are just like if honoring any sort of traditions that maybe that person started or revolve around them. Um, and I wanted to ask, well, first of all, like if any of you do anything that kind of honors that person at your family holiday gatherings. Right now, 
at least from last year, we, we did a toast and like, you know, one of the cousins brought like special cocktail napkins because she liked it. And, you know, we did this drink and like this treat and, you know, but it wasn't anything massive. Like I do remember going to my aunt's house, her sister, and she had gotten like an ornament made of her and my mom, like a picture and like added that to her Christmas tree. And I'm pretty sure because we we go to like a house rental now for Christmas and she like brought that like ornament picture, which was sweet. So we'll find a way, you know, whether, yeah, it's like treats, drinks, a tradition, music, you know, something to honor her, call it out. Or even if it's just like a moment at the table where we like talk about funny stories or something just to like bring some oxygen to it instead of just all kind of dancing around it. How about you, Mads? Yeah. I So I haven't done holidays um, with my family really since I moved because COVID's been so crazy. But I remember, and it was making me um, smile a bit, Kelsey. I just, once you were talking about your aunt, it's what kind of reminded me. But um, I have um, a great big family um, in the suburbs of Chicago. And on the first Thanksgiving after Papa passed away in September, we all rolled up to the cemetery. And my Aunt Mimi, who's like the best, like she's always like the aunt that you would just call. Like, I mean, all of my aunts are great, but Aunt Mimi is it. she opens up her trunk and she's got like coolers and white wine and red wine and soda and capri suns for the kids and we all just like straight up sat around where it was still um since he passed in september it was still like not even grown over with grass yet we all just sat around and we put um a glass of red by papa which is what he would have drank in and we all just like sat there and i have pictures of it and it's actually um really funny because I go back. It's like ironic. I go back and I smile whenever I see those because it's just like my cousin is her husband's behind her holding her kid and she's holding up two glasses of wine with her sunglasses on. And we're all just like being us who we were when he was alive. And so um, that's one of my favorite like memories. Um, As far as traditions yearly, um, we don't really have anything just because I don't really, I haven't really done um, holidays with my family in a while. Um, but I will report back if we do anything, um, or when it, when, how the giving the gifts go this year. Um, Kathy, is there anything that you guys have done in the past to honor your dad? Um, no, I think that naturally though, I will say that he does get brought up a lot at holiday tables. Um, and not from me, it's from like his sisters or my cousins that knew him. My dad was the youngest of eight. And so like the cousins that are older, uh, like almost viewed him as like a big brother instead of uncle. And I think like from them, I hear a lot of stories and such. And so I think like that is really helpful and honestly is nice to hear. I think when I was younger, I'll be honest, I didn't want to hear it. Like I didn't want to hear it because I was jealous. I was like, oh, well, you got to have all of those conversations and moments with my dad, but I don't get them. So why would I sit here and listen now that I'm an adult and like later on in my grief journey, I think that I've grown to appreciate those moments more so that I can learn about him and like, even though I won't get to have those conversations myself, at least like I'll know what he was like and what he behaved like or just like talked about and stuff. Um, so I think that that's something that I've been reflecting on actually just since doing the podcast and starting to talk more about like what the holidays mean for us as grievers. Um, but 
I, and I also think like he had a nickname called champurado, which is like this special pastry, I guess, that's that you can bake. And so we make that like every year. But I think that that's been a tradition in my family because I we like owned a bakery back in Guatemala, which is the one that like he used to work at that I visited when I went on my trip. So like those kinds of moments help me feel connected still, whether or not they're directly before my dad or not. Um, it's still just is nice to have that little piece. How do you guys feel bringing back our social media tie-in, looking at lots of full family pictures that pop up on Thanksgiving too, but Christmas especially? Like, I feel like it's more heightened and triggering a little bit on social media too. But do you guys, how do you feel about that? I was just going to say, I think that I used to be like, more moody teen about it, even though I was older than a teenager when this was happening um, and would get really annoyed and peeved and not want to see things. And now I don't get as bothered by it, but there was a good spout of time, like some years where I was like, I don't want to see everybody's like family together. As far as that aspect of it goes, um, like feeling like you're seeing other people's um stuff. I think I might have spoken about it or mentioned it earlier at a different episode, but um I when I had moved here and I was going through um a really rough mental health time, I got rid of my Instagram that had like all my college friends, all my high school friends just because seeing stuff like that in general was not um conducive to my healing journey. And so I only have about 100 150 followers of people that I've spoken to in the last year that actually follow my Instagram and I do go through and audit it and like take away people that I don't need to see or that don't need to have access to me. Um I follow all the celebrities on there obviously. Um and those those people never have to be hidden from my uh my feed cuz it makes me happy, but I really don't see my friends Instagram posts um even sometimes if I have friends who you know seeing stuff like that like I know it makes me upset or makes me like feel a little triggered about something I will like mute it for a while or whatever so um I don't really see much of that and on Facebook I just don't I don't have it on my phone um for the same reasons so it's interesting how I feel like at the beginning it would have been something that's really triggering but I've been able to like take the power back from it a little bit which is um interesting to do and especially because I work in social media and we're like the age where everybody's obsessed with you know being on their phone and posting um and you can kind of get that vibe if you follow my account now it's just like pictures of things that I want to take pictures of and I will post you know white lotus theories and things and just be who I am because that's kind of what I'm what I'm about um Kelsey I want to go back to something you said and I want to ask you about it you mentioned when you were um thinking about, you know, saying something or bringing some kind of like tradition or something to bring back to your mom in the holiday season. Is that something that you have talked to Kylie about or that you will talk to Kylie about? Or is that something you've just kind of tried to figure out on your own? Sorry to bounce back. No, no, no. That's totally okay. I think we, I I would, I definitely would. I think we've had some conversations like from last holidays and about how like, you know, I even felt like I was kind of lower mood than I normally am like throughout the holidays. And some of that's just like exhaustion at that time of year and how, you know, like this past Thanksgiving, we were like, well, we're like, oh, that was kind of, you know, it was fine. Like there's no drama. It was nice, you know, great food, everything, but she wasn't really talked about. And we did kind of have that like regroup meeting after Thanksgiving. And again, to no one's fault, literally whatsoever, but just like, that's what naturally happened. And I, we did kind of make a couple comments to each other of like, 
you know, maybe Christmas, you know, it's a little bit smaller group. That's also a little more intimate. You know, maybe we should, we should do something or we should address it. And we're going to have our car ride home from San Francisco to Salinas together. And I'm sure we'll be able to talk about it and can maybe, yeah, think about, cause like my mom um, was very famous for her cookies that she baked. I don't remember. I maybe have talked about that, but like she sold them professionally at some point, like in our community, very known. Um, and I am not a baker. I like maybe will be brave enough much later in my life to try, but I am not a baker. I don't feel confident. My sister is like our only hope. Like she's our best baker. And I feel like she could do it, but it's also been a little bit of like a touchy subject of like, cause it's kind of a complicated recipe of like, she doesn't want to mess them up. She doesn't want us to think that they're like worse than how she would make it, but I bet they'd be really good. And I don't know if that would be sad or if it would be happy. So that's very much something on Kylie, like fully at her discretion. If she feels comfortable ever baking them, baking them at the holidays, maybe baking them in a different occasion, if that feels like less pressure. Um, yeah, it's so interesting. And one other thing with the picture that when Mads, you're talking about like your boundaries and stuff, like one decision we made very quickly was we were no longer going to send out a family Christmas card. And I don't know if that's a good thing or a bad thing, but like, we made that decision as of last year. It used to be a very big deal, our family Christmas card. And it was one of the many things my mom would be doing during the holidays. It would always, especially once I was teenage years and on, like I would always debate our picture and I would never like myself in it. And it was always a thing. She and I would go back and forth on of like, you look fine. I'm like, no, I don't. And, you know, addressing them and sending them out to everyone. And like pretty quickly, like, you know, during the holidays, the first time around, we were like, yeah, we're not sending out a picture of the three of us. Like something of that just didn't feel right. It was something, one, it's a lot of work Two, feel sad. I don't know. It feels like there's a hole. Like I would send out like, you know, when Kylie and I get engaged one day, like engagement announcements, like that's different. But like we, I, I don't know if any other grievers have that experience. And I don't think there's a right or a wrong way, but we just decided she was, you know, we're a family of four and that wasn't going to be represented in a card anymore. And so we weren't going to send a card, but that thought also came to mind. Well, good for you guys for setting that boundary and having that like clear expectation, I feel, going into it. And it's interesting um, that you say that because the feeling I've been having recently is I know that I had told you guys a bit about how my grandpa's brother stepped up when he had passed away and was like calling. And so he like wrote me a card and he'll sign it like Grandpa Ken. And I love it. And I know he doesn't have grandkids. And I know that like he thinks of me as his adopted grandpa. And it's only so sweet. But sometimes, Kelsey, I have that similar thing that I can – I don't know what the feeling is, but it's something along the – like the same feeling you probably have whenever you feel like sending out a card without your mom. is just not right. Like I sometimes I'm like, oh, but I also don't want to be like Uncle Ken and make him feel bad. And so I'm always kind of like dancing this line. But he had sent me like a Halloween card or something so sweet and he signed it. Jeepa Ken and I was just like, oh, I like I love him, I love him, I love him. But it's just, it's kind of that feeling where it's like, I know it doesn't, it's that my grandpa would also be proud and happy that like we're together, but like it's also like, oh, that's kind of my thing too. So I kind of got that feeling. And again, I think we could probably do another episode on that feeling. Um, because that's something that comes up all the time. But I thought that was an interesting point and something that also definitely happens around the holidays as everyone's like celebrating. Yeah. The feeling of it not feeling quite right is a good way to put it. And like Kathy's comment about like 
grieving the change that happens in the holidays. Like you're not just grieving the loss of that person, but like, like you said, like you stopped hosting, like decorating possibly stops. Traditions are different. You're not sending out the card. I mean, I, I shopped for like all of my mom's presents. And like, I remember I was in my head, I spoke about this last year, but I'm like, we didn't have this podcast at this time last year, but it's so automatic that like I've talked about it already, but I guess I haven't. Like, I remember like, especially like the last few years, she was really into athleta, like athleisure and I have an athleta right by me. And like around the holidays, I needed to go in athleta or wanted to, to like buy something for someone else. And it was like the same athleta that like the year before I like bought her presents in. And I, I think I just left. Like I, I had a moment where I was like, this, like I saw something I would have bought for her. Cause I like knew her style so well and I like couldn't buy it for her. So I just like left the store. And it's like, that's another thing that just like, doesn't feel right. Like I'm writing my Christmas list of like whose presents I'm getting. And I like love shopping for my mom. And it's just like, Oh, you know, not, not shopping for anymore. And like, and, you know, and with that, it's like the first year, it's like digesting all of that for the first time is a lot. And there will be things that come in later years. But I do feel ever so slightly more equipped, like with every passing year. And Kath, I know you can speak to that, too. But also, you know, things change and evolve. Like for us, we did Christmas at my grandparents' house for many, many years. We kind of outgrew it. So we did like a house rental. And then we decided like after my mom passed, we were going to go to a different house. So it was like, there was no past memories, no like traditions in the immediate house. And um, it was a house that she would have very much approved of and loved. It was dope. It was like this beautiful home in like wine country. And we, so in that way we were honoring her cause she would have thrived there. Um, but just like, and that was a way where we were like, okay, it's different. And it's sad that, you know, we're not doing our same traditions, but we tried the best we could as shitty as we knew that that Christmas was going to feel. And, you know, we were fortunate enough. My grandma was able to support that to like, okay, well let's try to lean into something that is like, is nice and something we can control. So just, I think in general, everyone at the holidays, there's maybe too much pressure on everyone to be perfect and go to every holiday party and be put together all the time. And like, it's a lot of pressure, especially on women, I feel like more often than not. Um, So for anyone listening, like, hopefully it's just a good reminder to like, take a step back, like be present, take it in the good parts, but it's, you don't have to feel like pressure to get everything just right and be so excited and to use it as a time though, to appreciate the people you are with, you know, like don't want to be like the life is short people because we could all say that (laughs) and that feels like cheap to say, but just like a good reminder of like, you know, continuing to make the memories and be present with the people who are there as well. Yeah. I think that that's a great reminder. Um, It's specifically for myself too. I mean, I had a full on therapy session about holiday burnout last week. So it's very relevant. Um, I was like reading, I think somebody's post where they were talking about holiday burnout. And I thought to myself, like, yeah, I'm like, maybe I have a little bit of that, but I like feel like I thrive in the holidays because it's gift giving season. And you know that that's my number one love language. <laughs> so I feel like, ah, like I'm always like on fire, like during this month, but I don't have a freaking minute to just chill or like I get so obsessed about the bow looking perfect on the gift that I literally don't 
think about just the sentiment of the gift that I am giving. Like I get so literally not for not to be punny, but like wrapped up in it. And (laughs) I just like need to just chill a little bit. And so literally my therapist like mandated that I go to yoga, which I hate. She knows I hate yoga and like was like, no, you it's literally like prescribed to you this week that you have to do that. Um, And so I think it's also about finding moments and time for just yourself because it's so social. It's so all of these things. And Mads did a great, showed us a great example of setting those boundaries of like when you don't have to do all of those things um, and feel obliged to show up at everything or say yes to everything. I'm definitely that type of person that does that, especially during this time, because I do love the holidays. Christmas is my favorite holiday and it's my favorite season. I do want to point that out as like all the sadness that it does bear with grieving, but it also brings me so much joy too. But I feel the same. Yes, it's both can coexist. Yes, exactly. And so it's just like taking those moments, I think for me has been really important to like have a lot of nights to yourself and to just really relax during this time and enjoy it. Like I have a little tree in my room and lights and stuff. And I like that. And every night in December, I've lit my like Christmas candle and just like winded down to that scent. And so like having that routine really grounds me in a sense. So I think just like those little moments can really help with not only just holiday burnout, but then also obviously if you're adding in a layer of loss and grief. I love the reminding of just like taking the moment for yourself because it can feel so overwhelming and that these weeks from now till New Year's, you just blink and they're over. And they're ones that like when you think about in your life, like, yeah, Christmas is my favorite holiday. I love the holidays. It's so happy. And then you're living it and you're like, holy shit, my life's like a tornado. I can't (laughs) even keep myself straight. So like if you have like a normal routine, like if you want to walk every morning or you like carve out a little bit of time, I feel like throughout the holidays and protect that time. Even if you're staying with a bunch of family and you're like, I'm going to go outside and listen to a podcast, maybe our podcast, but any podcast for a little bit, or uh, you know what? I'm just going to watch a show or like, yeah, maybe this bow isn't going to be perfect today and that's okay. Or I'm going to show up to this dinner and I don't need to be in a brand new dress. Like I'm going to rewear a dress, like doing the things that just like can take your stress level down a couple notches. But I think that's good, like practical tips and advice and reminder grieving or not grieving, but grieving just adds like additional complication to all the holiday feelings. But I agree. It is also my favorite time of year. I don't want to make it feel like a downer. Like there is so much fun in this time of year and everyone like collectively winding down and like eating fun foods and drinking and hanging out together. There is a lot of happiness with this time too. But Mads, you go ahead. I think um, we are all, you know, saying, I feel like it's also like, well, it's all happy and good and, and it is okay to feel anything you're feeling. It's also like, okay, to talk about it and feel like kind of how we're all kind of just being able to have these conversations Um, I wanted to, Kathy, so what you need to do is you need to download the Peloton app and get a free three-month trial, and we can do yoga together at the same time, but this is also a great um, technique I've gotten when traveling and spending time with my family to keep a boundary, whether I was with my sister and I was just like, we're spending a lot of time together. I had this Peloton app on my phone and on my iPad. And I knew that like, no matter where I was, if I was able to be home or if I had to be up with my sister in Raleigh or my mom, you know, an hour south, I could have access to 
just turning on my phone and doing a stretch or they have meditations or breathing exercises. And um, not only is it so portable and so able to have everywhere, but you can also track it. And so in my brain, sometimes I'm like, well, I'm going to have to do it because I don't want to break the streak of like my three days or whatever. Uh, But that's been a really great like tip that I've been able to use to take time for myself lately. Um, And on the same note of um, the kind of pressure that we all have, while we were talking, I went back and looked because I remember actually bringing it back to the beginning um, that Bevan had a really good comment on um, the holidays last year. And so I posted an Instagram story and I found it in my archive um, and she had reposted it. And so I had remembered that I was like, this was something that a lot of people were able to see. Um, which I thought was really cool. And she put, it's enough. If you are not becoming a whole new person this January, whatever you're doing, putting one step in front of the one foot in front of the other is still enough. And I thought that was like, that's how she ended her class. And it's in a very dark tent in the middle of the night in Wilmington. Um, but it was something that she had said and was able to reshare to a lot of people. And so I think that is a really good note to remember through all of it. Like no matter what you're doing, like showing up, like even if you're not showing up it, physically, it's okay. Like like whatever um, you're doing is enough. And that just to like give yourself some grace and, and other people too, your family members and everybody else be aware that, you know, a lot of people are trying to figure out which the best route to take in this weird time is. So give everyone a little bit of grace. That is really like just so powerful I feel like especially especially after I imagine a first year loss or a first holiday loss I think it's like you can't ever be expected to be showing up to all of those things or any events or anything like that like you just being here is enough like you are saying and so definitely want to acknowledge that I also wanted to say that after your little Peloton spiel, I was like, do you have a code? <laughs> I probably do. <laughs> that we both could. We can time it. We can all do yoga together. I actually have a Peloton. So I have the Peloton app. So I should just utilize it more. Yes. <laughs> um, <laughs> but I haven't ever opened the meditations or the yoga or anything <laughs> else like that. So good reminder um, that I have access literally to it. I just don't push myself there. And so I needed that kind of like push from my therapist and now you to actually act on it. You're paying for it. I'm You're literally, literally paying, paying for, for this service that is sitting there. And as I'm telling that to myself too, as I've Pelotoned like once in the last <laughs> month personally. Yeah. I, know. I want a Peloton so bad guys. I'm so jealous. Just come right over. Um, what shoe size are you? I don't know. <laughs> um, so I also brought up the new year thing of like, another year striking down. And I want to talk about that quickly before we get into each of our words for next year. Mads tasked us with that. She gave us a little homework the other day in the group message. You know, our podcast that we originated from, Scrubbing In, they do that where they come up with their word for the new year that represents, you know, what their goals are, what they're striving for. And I struggled to come up with mine. I thought of it. But first, I just was curious with either of you guys, since you have endured more New Year's post your losses, have you had those types of feelings on New Year's or anything around New Year's? Because I think you, in the world of grief, you probably could see a lot about Christmas, but I feel like New Year's is maybe overlooked. But I almost had, you know, maybe not on New Year's Eve when I was a bit intoxicated, but maybe the next day when it like hit me, like when New Year's was happening, it was just like, well, shit, especially then I was like, I, before I was living in the same calendar year where like my mom had existed in part of that calendar year. 
And then I was going into a year where like she was never going to be there for. And now I'm going into another whole year where she's never going to be there for. And that maybe sounds fucking deep, but like that did just register in my brain like when it happened. I will say that everything's really convoluted when it's been so many years. So I feel like New Year's doesn't really ring a bell specifically. Um I do think, though, that my dad's birthday is very soon after New Year's, so I, I'm more fixated on that because of the time frame. And then my like year markers just always became anniversary markers, and so I never really thought of the calendar year, and the anniversary is more so another year without them. Um, granted, like I can totally see why, like turning the page on a new year um, evokes like all of those feelings that you're talking about. But for me, the marker has always been the anniversary, I think. Um, So yeah, I don't know, not really for me, but that might just be me personally. No, but that makes sense too with the birthday being right there also. Yeah, I had a similar, I had a similar answer, um, Kathy, but not so much as in like the, I don't really have a marker, but I notice it comes up a lot when I'm either like trying to tell somebody something about them or like kind of recall back at that time. And I was like, when, like, I had that a couple weeks ago. I was like, when was that? Like, what year was that? Um, And realizing that it was longer ago than it feels or than it seems. Um, And then it's almost sometimes you can get like a second wave of like guilt for not thinking about it or realizing it. But that's another like interesting way it shows up, but not so much on New Year's exactly. Um, Kels, did you have any of that last year at all? I think because it was the first one last year. And I also like, it's not like it like weighed on me and I like couldn't exist in the fun of New Year's like it was just like thoughts that were going through my head kind of in passing but maybe it was because it was the first one and that was that because yeah like to Mads's point it kind of then trickles in when you're like oh yeah like right now I've been able to say like my mom passed away last year and then it once New Year's hits it'll be like two and it's like yeah it's that feeling and I can imagine the further out you get the more it kind of blends together and you like do ultimately go by like the date of the like anniversary of their passing. But yeah, I think maybe I was talking to one of my friends from home who she said the new year's thing and she lost her dad about five years ago. And she said that at least in the beginning that that kind of hit for her too. It's more in like the passing of time and the passing of time getting like distorted and feeling weird. And yeah, almost like guilt when you, like, oh my gosh, like it's been that long already. Like, I think it's those feelings that come up a little bit, but not where I'm like, oh, I need to lock myself in a room and like sulk, which is fine if you do, but just the way I processed it the first time around were like those types of thoughts. And maybe now I'm like weirdly proactively getting ahead of it and I'm doing my processing live on air. And then by <laughs> New Year's, I'll just be able to, you know, watch the ball drop and watch Ryan Seacrest and call it a day. So we'll see. But with that, I'm going to turn the tables to Mads first since she gave us this assignment of what is your word? Yup. Yup. That's only fair. That's only fair. <laughs> what is your word and why did you choose it? And like, what does it mean for you for your 2023? Since this is again, our last recording of the year. Well, I don't think that that is really fair because I came up with a game, so I make the rules. Um, but <laughs> I have like a kind of like, I have a deeper answer and like a average answer. Which one should I do? I mean, I need some, assi- I need some assistance because you're making okay, me go first. Maybe we will allow both and you do your average one first and then do your deeper one. Cause now I'm just <laughs> curious what they both are and like break down like how you came up with both. <laughs> 
<laughs> okay. Well, I guess if we um, if we didn't talk about it, now we would talk about it in the group chat later. So um, I will tell you that the uh, first one that's like kind of chill and like not as like serious, which is like being like exec- I put like together, like being together. Um, one thing that um, they always say on the playground, um, which is what they call the cycle studio, it's called recess. That's the thing. Um, but they always say the only way out is through and the only way through is together. And um, we always kind of just always like the people, the place, like everything that happens um, is, you know, you have your people and you get through everything together. And we found that even with, you know, the way that you guys have showed up um, this year for me and the way that, you know, everybody in my life has been able to really just like show up and be there. Um, so that's something else that I want to continue to take into the new year. Um, and the other one I would say is just like, um, this one's the deeper answer and it goes along if you were to go back and look at my favorite Taylor Swift song for my personal episode, but peace is something that I think, um, is, I, I think about it a lot. I think that that's something I feel like I could strive for a little bit more of. It's just like peace being where I'm at, peace, like in the process, peace, and just like slowing down a little bit. Um, I could take time and do my yoga and all of that stuff like I've been doing, but unless um, I really can just sit at peace with where I'm at is something I'm trying to be better at. Um, and in, in a yoga practice, especially at um, my studio that I've been going to, they have you think of like a mantra or a word or an intention before the class. And so that's kind of one that I almost haven't been picking because I feel like it's too heavy for a yoga class. But um, that's something that I put on the tree at the yoga studio that I am thankful for. So hopefully uh, a little bit more peace. And that's just something I think we're all kind of striving for a little bit. But Kelsey, I'm going to turn the tables right back around to you since you made me go first and answer oh, two answers. Saw that coming. Um, No, I love both of those a lot, Mads, a lot. I think both are very powerful and connect to, like you said, a lot of like your year and like where you want to look to next year. And I love the peace Taylor Swift connection. And I feel like that that is very like representative for like all that you've been through and that there's been a lot of chaos and you just want like that steady and stability and it's all and also both words have so many meanings. So I love that. Um, I thought very, I was like tripped up on it. I definitely did not have one that came to mind immediately. I had to think about it. And then I thought of it and I was like, well, fuck, this is really cheesy. I need to think of a better word. And then the other words that sounded better didn't resonate as much. So just buckle up that it's cheesy, but I will explain. So the word that I came up with, is love. And I mean it from a few different ways. So to focus on doing more things that I love, like self-love, like in terms of like, you know, like health, body image, like taking care of all that stuff, focusing my attention on the people that I love. Because if I'm, you know, really stressed, like they say, like go outward instead of inward. So like and not to say I don't love everyone, but I like I like my core people who I like love and like really focus on that community, you know, spreading like love and positivity and like things that my mom loved. Like I felt the common thread there. And then the big plot twist would be like, will I find love like The Bachelor? Or like maybe I'll be manifesting. I was not expecting it to go there. <laughs> I, I was. I absolutely was. Like, will this be the year I fall in love and get a boyfriend? Probably not. But if I make that my word, maybe I'm the 
thinking about that a little bit more. I just want to say I was so deeply like invested in like everything you were touching upon. And that just shook me like from my seat. Like I was like, oh my God. I'm a mixed bag up here, Kathy. (laughs) Beware. I can zig and zag from like no direction. Kathy, I was literally taking notes. I was taking notes and I cannot. Oh my gosh. (laughs) Okay. Well, we will be following up on that at the end of 2023. So don't you worry. Yeah, we should follow up on all of our words to see yes, we what came true and like if we were able to connect with them. But yeah, specifically that. <laughs> Would love to get a follow up there. But Kathy, what is your word? Okay, well, I do appreciate even though you said it was cheesy, all the different ways that you were talking about love and especially thank self-love. You. I think that's most important. And thank you for that call out because I feel like that's just I don't know, as people who are mourning or grieving, that's something that we tend to forget about. And so great reminder. Um, Yes. So my word, but I'm going to say that it's two words, which is a page out of, I don't know if it was Tanya or- I think it was Tanya. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, That did this. Um, That was like, can I do two words? So I'm going to do two words. And mine are let go. Like I want to let go of expectations. I want to let go of what I was just talking about earlier, like the stress of perfectionism sometimes just really overwhelms me. I want to try to work on that and let go of those things. I want to kind of just relax a little bit in terms of like feeling like I have to be firing off on all efforts. Like I'm just trying to practice letting go, which is why the yoga and the meditation is probably ever more important now in this new year. Um, But I think I was, I've been really hyper-focused on a lot of change-ish in a sense, but I do feel like now's the time to just enjoy and see what comes my way instead of chasing so much and putting stress around the chase. I do think it's like great to have goals and dreams and stuff. Um, But I think now I want to just kind of like take a backseat a little bit and just enjoy life for what it is. I do want to say before all of that, that I was taking a look at my 2019 vision board, sorry, no, 20. 2020 vision board, um, which was like in the thick of the pandemic. And I put on here, it's actually really crazy. Like it says new podcast, new job, healthy habits, like quiet place, stress less, fitness, rooted in love, health, and and self-care. I mean, it has a bunch of other things on there, but I want to just take a moment to appreciate like a lot of that stuff has been achieved, which is crazy to think about. And like, I don't know if people believe in vision boards or whatever, or, like you want to do it or not. I don't think, I think um, Tanya on Scrubbing In talked about how like it doesn't have to be done in the year. Like you can't possibly, especially if you're kind of an overachiever, do everything all at once in one year, especially when we're shut down by the pandemic. But a lot of the things on my vision board literally came to fruition in the last two years, which is just so incredible to think about. And so also just a big thank you to you guys because you are a big part of the podcast stream and it's just really cool to see it all come to life. Congratulations. Oh my gosh. I love that. Yeah, that's amazing. 
That is amazing. And to just know that you had that in writing and that it's been something you've wanted for so long and to let yourself yeah, soak in and appreciate that like before you start vision boarding for all these other things next year, I love the theme of like, let go, but and to just appreciate what you've accomplished so far. And that is a good reminder that's like you put on the vision board, maybe it happens in five years. That's okay. It's just like good to think about that and be excited and I think with all three of us, there's kind of a common theme, like with with peace, with letting go, and me trying to focus on more things I love, like kind of moving through the clutter, like the idea of like not saying yes to everything or not doing things just because you think you need to, like back to your like holiday stress. So it's interesting that from different angles, we all kind of have like a similar common thread, but makes me inspired to make a vision board. Um, I haven't, I may, I, I feel like I've made them and then I don't know what I do with them. So I, I'm in it in the moment and then I kind of forget. So I really appreciate that you actually kept yours and could reference it and have this full circle moment. Um, Mads, do you vision board? It was a tip by my therapist. So I just want to put that out there of like seeing it on your wall every day is I think very helpful. Yeah, that's what I was going to say. I have mine. Um, I have my last two. I can't see them from where I'm sitting, but they're up on a shelf back on the back side of my apartment. Um, so I can't see which has uh, come true, but I guess I'll have to report back. <laughs> I'm excited to make mine this year, though. I've been saving stuff all year for it, so I'm going to go. Oh, my gosh. All year? You've, like, had it in mind? Well, I get – um. I went to journalism school, so I really love to like just like read print journalism a lot. So I get magazines and stuff to my house, and so I saved all those for my vision boards. So yeah, I kind of like instead of throwing them away, I have like a stack up with the ones from last year, so that when I'm going to go make them with my friends, that's amazing. I'll grab all of them, so it's kind of like a double because I can read the magazine and then I have something to use, and I'm supporting the print journalism. I don't know, it's kind of dorky, but yeah, I I do have stuff. I just save them all year. No, you're prepped. It's much better than, yeah, like rushing to the store right now and like buying a bunch of magazines. But no, I feel more inspired to not only vision board, but to actually put it up somewhere that I can look at because that does, you know, what's in your sight and in your immediate surroundings, more powerful and coming true. But um, with year end, do you want to comment that as everyone who has ever existed on Instagram saw a few weeks ago was a Spotify wrapped day where everyone posts you know, Spotify makes for anyone who doesn't know, like a big, really cool, shareable kind of collage of information about like, these were the top songs you listen to. These are the top albums. This is your music mood. And these are your top podcasts. And while we know we can see in the stats about half of you are listening on Apple. So this wouldn't apply to you guys who listen on Apple podcasts, but there were a few people in our circle who our podcast landed on their Spotify wrapped in their top five podcasts they listened to. So thank you so much. Like that was very cool and powerful for us to see. And if it also landed in yours, please don't hesitate to share that and DM us or text us or let us know because that was definitely like to see it also next to other like massive podcast, but to know that people are listening to our podcast that consistently and that much and making the time for that. It was just very, I don't know, very impactful for all of us. Yes, I specifically want to call out the eight countries that were being listened to, which was crazy to think about. And then also our nine most loyal fans who make this the number one podcast. So definitely want to give a shout out. And we can post, like I said earlier, um, about those graphics on our social because I thought it was pretty cool because we as podcasters also get our podcasters wrapped with our stats of everybody. 
Yeah, I was uh, thinking that same thing. That's what I was going to say, Kath. I remember whenever you sent it, I was like, what? Like, oh my gosh. And I had sent this, this screen up to like everybody who I know who I've told about the podcast. I was like, look at this, look at this. And everybody was so excited. Um, so that was excellent. Yes. Thank you for listening. That was so cool. Um, and I want to make sure that I know in this podcast that I've written down your words and I'm going to stick it on my wall with my other sticky note reminders. And so we can look back to it and, uh, I'll see if you guys stick to it or not, but I think you will. I love it. Let's hold each other accountable. And I hope both of you have amazing holiday seasons that are best for you and this season of life and what you need. And everyone can de-stress and enjoy and eat the things you want to eat and watch Christmas movies and all of it. And I'm sure we'll still be very much texting. But looking back on this year, like could never have imagined that we would be able to do and accomplish this much and like stay this consistent of two a month since we started. And, you know, we so thankful for Alyssa, but also figuring out how to edit ourselves and to start it off as just, you know, we had planning calls at the beginning of 2022. We came up with the name of the podcast. Like it really was all started and happened this year and to be here and to be basically 20 episodes in is pretty crazy. And so like in looking back at things from this year, as much as we're obviously looking forward to next year and hope to, you know, keep just perfecting it and having cool guests and just continuing to deliver this to everyone, but just very cool to acknowledge and so much appreciation for everyone who does listen. Even if you've only listened to a few episodes or you just follow us on social media, like so amazing and crazy to think of how much can happen in one year. And in the next year, I also want to take my together and put it in that we will all be together in person, hopefully at some point in the next year. And I can officially meet you guys. Um, I know I keep joking around about all the things, plans I have for us when we go and have our little girls weekend, but that is the biggest manifestation on my little sticky note right now. So cheers to that. Hell yeah. Cheers to that. I believe we will pull it off too. It needs to happen. The three of us need to be in a room together, (laughs) spend a full weekend. Be amazing. Do you want to do us the honors, Kelsey, (laughs) for our last episode of the year? For the last time this year. Okay, everyone. Last episode of the year. You're going to have more time on your phones. You're not going to be working. Time to listen. Time to dig in. Time to review. Time to share. Send it to a friend. This is peak grieving time right now. You know, people people need this support. So follow us. Subscribe. Like us on social media at The Morning Crew. Maybe in the new year, we'll get an email (laughs) of anyone who wants us to discuss anything. It's not too late or just to share something you like or want to hear more of or even constructive criticism. Just any email. Mads is still there and waiting. Um, But thank you to everyone listening. We look forward to so many more impactful. It's so weird to call it fun, (laughs) but it is fun to do this with you guys and important episodes next year. Yay. Sounds good. Thank you, everybody. Bye.